What is up, people? Week 13 in the books. We are coming up to April 2021, flying by, and we are this much closer to getting out of the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How are my GMs doing? Are we all doing good? Yeah. 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 Silence. As you as you can see, you know, we gain one person back and then we oh, and while the camera is working, you know, it's gonna be in and out, but <laughs> you know, he's still there in spirit. That's yeah. the way it goes. You know, you gain one, you lose one, you know. There can only there be while. five on court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wadi is the sixth man. George, right has, now. Be- George has so much energy, he steals my visual. That's uh, <laughs> that's what <laughs> Yeah. Viewers, listeners, welcome back, George, to the pod. You know, it's been a nice two-week hiatus, nice little break, sort of an all-star break, and you're back, but that's good. And uh, because you're back. We're going to start with you in the Southeast Division as we break down divisions. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets. Wow. Three and one this week, 23 and 22 overall. I believe they're in the fourth seed uh, in the East. Uh, they're playing really well. Fifth seed. Thank you, Bray. Uh, this has all happened while LaMelo Ball has been out. George, uh, update us on the Hornets. What's going on? Yeah, man. Um it's been it's been good like i when we all had like the ball injury like i think myself along with many other people were just screaming no oh my goodness what's happened like i remember saying like right at the beginning where you saw um lamello dive into the stands to try and collect a ball when it went out of bounds and i was i was there praying please be okay please be okay but yeah unfortunately in the clippers game it happened. He's gone. He went out with a right hand fracture, I think it was. So, yeah. And they were saying that he'll potentially be out for the season. However, I've heard rumors that he potentially might return towards the end of the season. Um, for me, like I'm, I'm thinking let him rest, but if they want to, if they want to push him, but I think let him rest, man, the boys work. Um, since the injury, like I said, I was worried, but they've been performing well. Um, three and one uh, this week, like you said, but that also makes it three and one um, since they uh, lost Lamelo Ball. So that that is good signs. Like the chemistry with this team is still there, and it's showing that it doesn't just all revolve around one player, which is great. Um, a couple of players have gone on record saying there has been a difference in pacing and you can see it on the court like um they're not getting as many buckets as they would um from transition plays with ball on the field um but hey they're still moving the ball they're still great to watch moving it and dishing it around the court with that speed and yeah they're still a fun team to watch and yeah i'm i'm going hornets all the way like the chemistry is there and i'm loving it in this week, they beat the Spurs. That's a good quality win. They beat the Rockets. Not so good. But they also beat the Heat. Another quality win against the team. That is round about where they are. Uh, and then if you guys didn't watch, I know me and Wildy watched the game last night. Uh, Spurs Hornet was on at a reasonable time. And yeah. one thing I found which was super interesting is that Lamelo ball goes down. Okay, you think Gordon Hayward's going to take over most of the responsibility on this team. Guy just sits in the corner. And if he's ever within any actions, he's passing it to Rogier or Graham uh, as sort of like a a mere distraction. That's something I found super interesting. And it sort of 
Terry Rozier is playing exceptionally well on this team, and it looks like it's it's really his team now. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to like agree with that. I think like you definitely look at that Rozier for that leadership aspect but um yeah um like you said Haywood is there and like um you would expect him to have that takeover aspect but I kind of like him in this role where he's at where he's playing more of like the safety net more of the support for the team where he is willing to take that step back let uh Rozier take off throwing that effort and as we mentioned in the previous episode where he's absolutely killer especially towards like the closing end of the games um when he's most effective so yeah it's nice to see that chemistry again is blossoming there right there for that team and miles bridges you know number one on my plp which is prime league pass because that guy is a human highlight george with with the hornets they're seven and four within the four to eleven uh seed sort of like a scrum in the east Let's say, hypothetically, let's say they make the fourth or the fifth seed. There's going to be some shaking in nods of heads. Let's say it happens. Which team could they cause a first-round upset against? You've got the Knicks, Hawks, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Bulls, or Raptors. A lot of teams to pick from. Who would you like? If you're, if you're Boyega, who would you like? I'm, I like that matchup going in in the playoffs. Ooh, Okay. Give me those teams one more time. So I've got the Knicks. Knicks, Hawks, Hawks, Hawks. Celtics, Heat, Pacers, and Raptors. Ooh. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I think watching Knicks uh, v Hornets series, I think that would be a very entertaining series to watch. Um, but I think I so would... You're picking them to lose. Huh? You're picking them to lose that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't try, don't try and mix me up in something, Wildy. Okay, I may be in the darkness for the for a while, but I can see the light now. Okay, I'm getting to my points. But I think <laughs> obviously the easy matchup uh, in that uh, category would be the Bulls. But yeah, so the Bulls would take away. But I don't want them to go out of House of O three. So I'm going to go with the Hawks on that. There we go. That's what we like. Oh. Fight and talk. Send him back. <laughs> I'm back on camera now. My um, right. Another team which, well, it's just outside the scrum, is the Washington Wizards in the nation's capital. They're one and two this week. They're 16 and 28 overall. They were on a resurgence. That sort of slowed up. Let's head to our correspondent in Washington. He's not in Washington, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, Lancashire Lambeer. Talk to um, me about the Wizards. To be honest, I could get on the Wizards <laughs> roster. Let's just start like that. So I may as well be in Washington. Uh, I'm not impressed. I'm, I might, I'm going to probably go very salty today and be like Salt Bray. So, yeah, the Wizards, they are 16-28 overall, but they've only won two of their last 10. So they're 13th. They're still way off the playoffs and even that playing spot. I can't see them pushing for that. But... Yeah, the thing is as well that's weird with the Wizards is that I think it's something like the last third, I think it's their last 21 games, right? They've only won eight of them. And those eight games they've won have been against the Nuggets twice, Lakers, Blazers, Jazz, Clippers, and only the Timberwolves and 
the Pistons have actually out, out of the lesser teams that they've beaten. So I just they just confuse me because they beat really good teams and then the shit as well. I just don't understand what's going on. But yeah, this week two and one, so uh, uh, one and two. Sorry, so they lost against the Knicks in which there's nothing to report from that game. They lost 131 to 113, apart from, nothing to report apart from the fact they were shit defensively. Um, Julius Randle, who is 42% from three-point this season, he was seven of 10 in that game from three-point range. He'd only ever hit seven three-pointers in one game before in his career, and he did that off three more shots against the Hawks this season. So they were gifting the Knicks. The Knicks were 53% from three-point range in that game. They were 51% from the field. So, embarrassing yeah. defence from the Wizards. And then they get beat again by the Knicks, uh, this time a little <laughs> bit closer, um, 106 to 102. Um, but on the flip side, it was more of a choke from the Wizards. They were up 15 at the half and up 11 going into the final quarter, and they still managed to lose. So, all credit to Washington there. And you look at the stats, okay, Bradley Beal got 26 points in that game. Not too bad. He took 23 shots and only scored 26 points. That's not very efficient. Russell Westbrook, 13 points, 18 rebounds, nine assists. Pretty good, right? Nah, shit. He was three of 15 from the field, not of five from three-point range, seven of 12 from three throw, and he had eight turnovers. He had one less turnover than he had assists. Shit. <laughs> Okay, and then they do finally win against the Pistons, the mighty Pistons. And Westbrook finally gets a triple-double that matters in that game. And then Bradley Beal goes and hurts his hip and only plays 21 minutes. So what is there to be excited about? I don't know. Russell Westbrook, great point that you, you, you brought that up. Because in that loss, Westbrook, in the second half, went 0 of 8 from the field. He had six fouls. He's the first player in the past 25 years to do that, which is ridiculous. Matt, he's a stat-related player, sometimes Mm. good. You look at the triple-double numbers, sometimes bad. I think mostly bad this season. What do you think, when it's all said and done, Westbrook's legacy will be? Um, He's obviously chasing this triple-double average season again, and to be fair to him, he's doing it. He's 21 points, 10.2 assists, 10.0 rebounds so he's going to average his fourth triple double in the last five seasons fair play to him he's like what second overall for triple doubles but he'll probably eventually have the most come the end of his career so he's just chasing it a bit too much and for what can i ask the fact that he's doing this now for a fourth year does it mean when he did his mvp season it it kind of it kind of dilutes Diminishes it. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Like maybe to his detriment, that whole like, because we you know it was about storyline. Maybe him continuing to doing this is actually hurting his legacy more than it is. But that's just, I don't know, something I want to throw out there, see what, what you guys think. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Just because it, it all comes down to winning. If he's doing this and they're winning games, then it, yeah, it's great. That's when it all it links back to. That's my opinion. Wasn't that's particularly that's... winning that much when he was in OKC when he did get the triple double MVP yeah. season anyway. And they winning a lot more than Wizards. About, about the record because having lost 
KD. So that's why you wouldn't pay so much attention to the record or more about the stats. But yeah, four seasons um, of uh, not so so good of winning percentage is, uh, I think it affects him a little bit. But um, I think what's I think what's aged nicely about it, if you do it back at the that MVP season, is just how Russ had a sort of fucking mentality um, to them losing Kevin Durant and him saying, right, you want to leave? I'll show you what we'll do it without you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's... Uh, but I, I think it's an interesting point and a valid one. I think, I think, I th- I think as well that he's, what, second for all-time triple-doubles and he will eventually take that. I crunched the numbers on this. He's averaging about 15 triple-doubles a season. Mm. There's two guys who are a lot younger than him called Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic who are okay. also triple double monsters and will probably if the rate at the rate they're going and they're not even at their peak yet will could quite easily finish with more triple doubles over their career than Westbrook so all of this he's doing is like for what because Jokic and Doncic could quite easily go and get a ring Westbrook's never going to win a ring yeah, I mean, I think the, the the difference between between Westbrook and Jokic and Doncic, I think, is that they are very, very natural facilitators. Whereas Westbrook, when he came into the league, very, very aggressive, but a score first point guard. You don't think of, of Russell Westbrook like he scored thirty one. He's averaged over thirty a season, I think. Like he is an incredible scorer, despite the inefficiencies inefficiencies we're seeing now. Um, whereas like Doncic and Jokic just have this vision where they find people everywhere. Or I think Westbrook's a bit more brute force where he'll barrel in, dump it off, or barrel in, kick it out. And and those those other guys are more finesse players, I think. And that's potentially why we see them doing better with the numbers. Um, and one of the other, I saw another stat, um, Draymond Green is the opposite end of the spectrum. He He's like 26 and two in wins when he gets triple-double. <clears throat> they always win when Draymond gets triple double. Like it means he's absolutely flying around. He's everywhere. He's doing everything right, and he's obviously got so many fewer triple doubles, which is showing that he doesn't force it. If it comes, it means everything's working. Very good point. Just to finish up on the Wizards, uh, Matt, they, there was a trade. It wasn't too big, but I just want to talk about it. Uh, Troy Brown and Wa- and Wagner go to the Bulls in exchange for Gafford and Hutchinson. Does this change anything for the Wizards? What do you think? Um, I think Gafford's probably the one that could change it the most. They've obviously missed Thomas Bryant for the whole season with his ACL. So mm. they've kind of been rotating a bit with who's playing at centre. So Gafford's going to come in. Uh, he's 6'10", isn't he? And to be fair to him, he got 13 points in 14 minutes against the Pistons. Obviously, you can't judge him off that because it's the Pistons and he's going to be against much more formidable opponents over the rest of the season. But it's the step in the step in the right direction. How big of a step? I guess we'll find out probably in about three weeks' time next time we discuss the Wizards. Stay strong, man. Now, on this pod, it always happens, right? We see a team that's rolling and I'm thinking, man, this is so good. I can't wait to talk about this team. And what happens? They go one in three this week after an amazing win streak. Uh, and I'm talking about the uh, world's very own Atlanta Hawks, who went one in three this week. 
They have 523 and 23 overall. But it's all good because Sweet Lou is back. Sweet Lou? <laughs> back in the Absolutely. ATM. Yeah, he is back. Yeah, hometown boy back on the roster. I love it. Um, yeah, he had two seasons with us uh, prior. But I'll, I'll come back to it in a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, big picture. Um, you know, we won nine of our last 12. Um, the week just passed a little bit more bleak. You're right. Um, but, you know, we had a really good win against Golden State. They didn't have Curry and we took advantage of it. Um, John Collins got 38 and 12. Really, really nice game from him. Um, him and Trey seem to be connecting really well. Uh, as of late, I think Trey in general uh, has done a really good job of getting guys more involved um, and picking his spots on his offense a lot better. That's continued to, to improve, which I think was a big part of that that eight-game eight winning streak prior to uh, the, the last four games that we just mentioned. Um, and then they had the Sacramento game. Man, that was tough. Yeah, it came down to the last shot, um, and you had Fox getting 37, uh, 37 points. So he kind of won the point guard matchup against Trey in that situation. Um, but, yeah, we had Gallo take the last shot. Um, wide open. Yeah, wide open. He made a really good play. Veteran guy, so... Um, he was really patient with it. He made the pump so that the guy jumped and flew right by him. So he got a nice open shot. He makes shots like that all the time. Sometimes, you know, shots go, sometimes they don't. Um, look, Gallo's a good player, man, but I, I'm not 100% sure why we're, we, we seem to, a few times a season, give him the final shot of a game um, when Trey has been proven to hit game winners in the past, um, over the past three years. So, um, you know, look, it's, I guess we're, we're trying stuff out. Um, if all the eyes are on trade, then maybe Gallo's getting better shots, better quality looks, which is the thinking. But it hasn't seemed to work. <laughs> so far, a few, few close games, basically. Um, but yeah, um, I think next up, we got um, Suns, Spurs, Pelicans twice, Golden State again, and the Grizzlies. Um, these are all teams that are, are either sort of on a similar level to us or, um, or lesser than, um, in my opinion. So we should look to get back on the winning side of things uh, by the next time we speak about them. But again, big picture, we're 23 and 23. We're now sixth uh, in, the, um, in the East, which is awesome. Um, I love that. Last time we talked about them, we were, uh, we, we were 14. So really big turnaround. It shows how t- close net that, that sort of playing tournament, lower seeded playoff teams are, and it can go one or two ways. You know, the job's not done. We've got a lot to get going. But um, one of our biggest problems has been scoring off the bench, uh, which is why the pickup of Lou Williams um, is actually really exciting because Lou Williams, he he leads uh, everybody ever uh, in career points off the bench um, at over 12,800. And uh, I just want to ask, there's... Um, Another former Hawk who is second in career points on the bench. Do you guys know who that player is? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't it obvious? I hope so. Jamal. Yeah, Jamal Crawford. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah, Jamal Crawford. Um, But yeah, Lou Williams. He can come off the bench. Our, our basically our starters are sixth in the NBA in scoring, uh, Mm. which is great. But then our bench. Um, unfortunately, is uh, 28th in scoring. So, you know, when when the Hawks spent the most of their money 
uh, and most of anybody in the off season to increase increase depth, which we do have, but it hasn't translated in the game where the first unit comes out, second guys come in, and we're not maintaining leads. It's um, it's you know it's quite impressive that our uh, our record is what it is with with but those being the numbers basically. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's looking good. And the other big part of it is is we get off the Rondo contract as well, which allows us to have. Um, a lot more money to to spare to hopefully sign John Collins and give him the money that um, that he wants or deserves. Um, uh, yeah, next year if we look to want to keep him, but if he's putting up numbers like thirty eight points, which you know he's a, he's accustomed to getting thirty plus points on any given night, he's a great player. So I'd love to see us keep him because he's a great fit to try. Yeah, it's great that you yeah, guys didn't get rid of him. I think yeah. he's also exploded now which means that it could have been a really bad move for your franchise. But if we go back to Lou Will, other than obviously scoring off the bench, and what can he bring to the Hawks? Could you grade this acquisition? Give me a, give me a grade, Wally. Um, well, I'd like to point to his age to try and almost be realistic and decrease the grading of it. But his age is like a fine wine. Like he's always, he's never met, he's, like always maintain your scoring averages, which is amazing. Um, I, I want to give it, I want, because there's not a lot of longevity in it, I'm probably going to give it like a B minus. But one of the other things I really like about him is that he's really good at drawing fouls. He used to be one of the best in the NBA at it. Obviously his numbers have fallen off a little bit now that he has got older and he's looking to preserve himself a bit better. But Trey Young, one of the best people at drawing fouls. If, if, uh, Lou's coming off the bench, then we're going to maintain that that foul drawing um, through the game to get ourselves to the line, get the other team in foul trouble. Yeah, and hopefully Lou can teach uh, Trey like uh, AI teach Lou in his rookie year. Hopefully we can have that similar transition in terms of that. The next team in this division, wow. And I just, I'd first, yeah, I'd just like to say, Ed, welcome to tanking, okay? I'm an expert in this field. If you have any questions, in terms of like your process for the next five years and what it will look like and how miserable you're going to be, I'm all here. You know, I'm, I'm always, I've been through this. Okay. So just like to get, get that off my chest, but we will talk about Orlando magic. Okay? This is nothing new to us. We've done this before. We, we don't tank very well, but we have done this before. But you know, but there's levels to this Ed. Okay. You know, and you have blown it up. Okay. So you're one in three this week, you're 15 and 30, 31 uh, overall. First off, well, Ed, it's, the ball is in your court because there is so much to talk about with this team and what has just happened. We obviously spoke about it on the pod last week with the trade deadline. How are you feeling about the Magic? Gosh, what a load. How do you feel about the Magic? Well, how long do you have for Mr. Psychiatrist? Like, where, where do you want to start? Um, we'll, we'll, we'll start off. We, we do three-week cycles of teams, so I'll start off from three weeks ago. So they were 13 and 24. Now, as you mentioned, they're 15 and 31, which means a two and eight record in the last 10. But to be fair, their two wins were against the red hot Phoenix Suns and the Thanos of the NBA of the Brooklyn Nets. So they did beat two elite teams. So oh, say what you will. Um, all their losses came against playoff teams. There was no real team that's like a lower tier team that they lost against. They were all playoff teams. So I won't talk too much about them. Um, the Suns game is actually quite interesting because that was the last game when the core Orlando Magic, when it was still all the core players, um, when Vooch was there, AG was there, um, Evan Fournier was there. 
and Evan Fournier won the game on a game-winning shot. Um, they won the game by a point against uh, Phoenix. They played pretty well, to be fair to them, um, which it was a nice send-off. It was a nice send-off for them. Vooch had 27, 14, four assists, one still on the block. And Evan had 21 points, two assists, one block, and a game winner. So, yeah, it was, it was a nice send-off. And then we had the game against Portland, which happened after everyone got traded. So, I mean, I've spoken a little bit about the trade anyway. Yeah, whatever. People can find find that, uh, find that the episode where we spoke where we spoke about the Bulls and the Magic with Ultra. Um, so, the Orlando Broadcast have a very fun segment called Is This Anything? Every broadcast. And what it basically is, is that the column commentators, he basically goes deep diving into one statistic or, like, tries to find something really interesting and asks, is this anything? So, it could be one he looked at was the fact that there's been about five or six times when a team with a winning record hasn't made the playoffs and Phoenix is three of them, which is like an interesting thing. I said, is this anything? Um, there's been other ones, which was uh, Vooch has got, Vooch is fourth or third, fourth. Vooch is fourth all time in hooked shots in NBA history. Um, he's about a couple, 50 or 60, I can't remember how much it was, off Paul Gasol, who's third. And if he does make it, then the top three players will be Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Dwight Howard and Nikola Vucevic, which for a Magic fan is quite cool that they'll have the top three for the most hook shots in history. So these are the sort of questions he asked. And one I would love him to ask is the game against Portland. Every single player scored more than their career, than their season average that year. And I sent a picture in the group chat of all the Magic, all the Magic starters. And I can't remember who it was, but the leading scorer had 9.9 points this season, um, which is diabolical. Um, but everyone scored more than than their average this year, which I thought was quite interesting. We had the boy, well, we had quite a few people have career nights, um, but yeah, I want to see if Alex asks about them. Well, yeah, I mean, just if we go off the basis of you know, who the Magic are, you've got people like Okiki getting a lot of minutes. You've got Ken Birch, who's also... You, you got his name wrong. It's O3Key. It's O3Key, but carry on. Ultra, Ultra, I know you're watching this. I'm not I'm not falling for this. Okay, he's had two good games. Anyway, Okiki, <laughs> Okiki and Ken Birch getting big minutes. Uh, James Ennis also in your starting lineup, and you've got uh, Dwayne Bacon as well playing. Which player from the Magic that you've seen, and I know it's only been one game, do you think is going to flourish? Obviously, you've got Wendell going to be coming through, but yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, got you. Um, so O3Key, he, ha- he had a great game. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to make this stick. So he- he's one of the guys who's probably benefited most from the trade because now he's definitely in a starting lineup. And he is who I believe part of the Magic Core coming up with the other young players that they've got. He had 26 points, six rebounds, four assists and two steals, four of six from three against Portland, which is, again, the first game after um, the trade happened. But uh, it's Portland without Damian Lillard, but still a decent Portland team. And Ken Birch, another guy you mentioned, 14, 15, four assists, four steals, two blocks. So stuffing the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. And Dwayne Bacon also had, I think it was a 20-odd point game last night against the Lakers. So he's also now in a starting role as well, and he's the number, he's the go-to scorer for this team. Um, again, make of that what you will. He's ideally your second man coming off the bench after Terrence Ross, but he's now been put in the starting lineup, which shows you the, the state Magic are in. 
out of all of them, I do, I do really like what Okiki can bring. So he was drafted two years ago. He had, I believe it was an ACL. It was one of those seasonal injuries he had with Auburn. So he was redshirted last year and he's now officially a rookie this year. So this is his rookie season. That's the reason he fell so far in the draft. We picked him up like 15 or 16th in the draft. So that's why I like the potential of what he can bring. Because also the Magic do not have that many good three-point shooters or reliable three-point shooters. I think James Ennis is probably the most reliable three-point shooter. And he's pretty good to be fair to him, but yeah. Well, the best thing that you have to look forward to is high picks in next year's stack draft. Your your team's obviously blown, blow, uh, has been blown up. So I want to ask you, which player, now that March Madness is obviously on, which player are you looking and you would like the Magic to draft in for next year in the upcoming draft? So I had to do a bit more reading into the draft and try to watch a couple more bits and bobs, um, mainly because I didn't think we'll be picking this high until last week, Wednesday. Um, and from it seems the consensus is that there's five elite, well, five, there's the top five of players this year in the draft, then there's a big drop-off. And those five players are Cade, Mobley, Kaminga, Suggs, and Green. Two of them play in the G League. Uh, you've got Mobley, who's a centre, so I doubt Orlando will be looking at Mobley. Um, from USC, USC, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves um, Jalen Suggs and Cade Cunningham. And I was doing a bit more reading into them because, I mean, it's hard to watch every single college game. So I was trying to listen to what the experts say. And the consensus seems to be that, obviously, Cade is a number one pick. And Jalen Suggs can be potentially an elite defensive player with some um, scoring ability. I like the idea of Cade because he's the better perimeter shooter, and that's probably what Orlando need. Um, what's his face? Kaminga can also potentially shoot for, oh, not Kaminga, Green. Apparently he's also really good from the perimeter. Um, the Magic are just, they just need some outside scoring. They don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of three a reliable three-point shooters. However, if the Magic do have the number one pick, Cade does seem to be the number one pick consensus. Everyone thinks he could potentially be generational. I mean, generational is thrown around so often. Everyone thinks yeah. he'd be a re really great player to start with. He didn't have the best best of NCAA tournaments in March Madness this year. I mm. felt the first game was very underwhelming. I watched that. I think he had two points in the whole first half. Um, it was very passive. But if we do get an armor pick, it probably would be Caden. He'll probably play alongside Markel. Nice. Interesting. I, ca I can't wait for the draft. Always a great time. They actually, they actually, funny enough, they just announced the day of the draft. I think it said, so the lottery is on the June 22nd and day of the draft is July 29th. So, if anyone, I mean, I, I've got this circled yeah. in my calendar because there's nothing else going on in my life with lockdown. And well, we've, we've all we've all got June twenty first in our calendars. I know that for a fact. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the lottery, <laughs> lottery the day after. Oh. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe it's a six man uh, meetup. Touch the draft. Uh, well, actually, not the lottery. Maybe the draft. But yeah. yeah. Now on this pod, what do we like more than anything in the world? We like to see salt braid suffer and we like to see the miami heat go down in flames and what have they done they've lost five in a row they're 0 three this week they are 22 and 24 i'm just i'm just gonna pass it over to Salt Break. talk about the heat yeah so to to bring you through my roller coaster of emotions six weeks ago they were down at 12th in the east really had a slow start to the season, no Jimmy Butler, everyone's been injured and whatever. I was struggling. I was like, what's going on? You guys were roasting me because you were like, oh, you switched teams and, you know, it's all gone wrong. And then in the next three weeks, 
they go ballistic, reel off this stretch, winning 11 out of 12 games, all the way up to fourth, which means three weeks ago, I'm like on top of the world, screw you guys, they're the best team, they're, you know, they're going back to the finals, and now they've ripped off six losses in a row um, against some pretty key opponents, like they've lost the Pacers, they've lost to the Hornets, they've lost to the Knicks, it's like these are, there's a reason you're now down at the standings because it's even worse when you lose against those teams because uh, they just jump you. It's not been great for the Miami Heat lately. I think the, the the deadline day deals were all a big ruse to draw away from the fact they've been not great recently. Um, maybe that's the only reason they got Oladipo, but uh, yeah, um, it's not been good. Well, I will say in this three games this week, they were pretty close. They lost by 10 to the Suns. They lost by three to the Blazers and they lost by five to the Hornets. So they are they are being competitive within those games. If we move to the trade deadline, Bray, uh, Pat Riley, 76 years old, he swindles, swindles a deal uh, for Oladipo and they get to keep Duncan Robertson and Tyler Hero. What, 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 what can't this man do? Is he the best GM in the league, Bray? Um, I think he is helped greatly by the market that is Miami because they don't play, they don't pay any state tax in Florida. And it's incredibly nice down there. Um, I've been to Miami a few times myself. I can attest it's amazing. I would recommend everyone go if they haven't. And that means that players want to play there. It's not like Chicago where it's cold and horrible uh, most of the year. So I think that helps having people <laughs> wanting to go there. Um, I, uh, you know, it's unwarranted I, I, shots on Chicago. Nobody said Chicago, and you're like, yeah, Chicago. You could have said Minnesota. You could have said Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, equally, <laughs> equally for Minnesota. You're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, to be fair, I, I've got a little bit dirty there, but um, mainly, mainly because I'm I'm tortured that no free agents want to go to Chicago. Obviously, that's that's the reason why. Um, but in Miami, we knew Odipo wanted to play for them anyway. Like that's been around for like four years. The rumors have been there. So it means where he is in his contract, the Rockets basically had zero leverage anyway. And like it was the Rockets' fault for getting themselves into that position where they had Oladipo instead of someone like Levert. And here we are. Um, they managed to get a great deal. They don't give up any of their young pieces, which is really, really key. I think we've got to remember that Tyler Hero is literally in his second season. Um, it's insane. The kid's so young. Um, and I, I like I like what they added. I like what they added for the price they added. Uh, I think that's, that's the main thing, is not giving up too much. Doing uh, what Daryl Morey did, who is, you know, one of the other guys who you'd argue is the best in the league, and walking away and saying, you know what? The price for Carl Lowry is too high. We can't do it. Fair point. Fair point. Okay, that wraps up Southeast. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to head up Northwest. Oh, while he's back. Yeah, while he's back, we're uh, back hey. with our second... <laughs> <laughs> while he's back, we're back with our with our second division. He got excited. He tried to speak over the sick man. You can't do that. You're banned from this division. Now, we're not going through your team. Just joking. We need this guy. <laughs> Alex. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The show won't go on. The show would just implode. But yeah. And also, Ed, you know, I'm going to go to you first because the Jazz 
are four and zero this week, and they are thirty four and eleven overall. They're currently still at the top of the West, with a lot of changes that have been going on. Obviously, the Nuggets bringing in uh, some some firepower. LeBron going down. The Jazz have remained to be steady. Um, talk about me. Talk about what's been happening in Salt Lake City. Yes, sir. So, three three week recap. Twenty seven and nine last time we spoke. Now thirty four and eleven, which means seven and two in the last nine. Wowzers. Um, some Utah Jazz twenty twenty one stuff there, right there. Um, last week they went as Alex mentioned four and zero, and during that sort of time period, those nine games, wins against wins against the Bulls, back to back against the Grizz, and they all did also beat the Nets, but it was without Kyrie, KD, or Harden. So yeah, we won't talk about that too much. Uh, some of the, their two losses were against the Warriors and the Wizards. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Rudy Gobert, and then I'm just going to get onto some other stuff. So. Rudy Gobert had a couple really, really big games. I'm not sure if this was part of Alex's stat line of the week. Was it? Okay, don't worry. I got you. A uh, couple couple big Rudy Gobert games. He had 24 and 28 against the Warriors, which came in a loss. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had 28 points, but I mean, he stood it. Gobert still did get 24 and 28, which is amazing. And against, that, against the Rockets, Gobert got 21 points, 10 rebounds, and nine blocks. He was one block away from getting a block triple double, which is yeah. Um, in the, the beat writers were doing interviews with him, and Gobert had no idea that he was one block away until someone told him when he came back on the bench. He had no idea, which that's that's what that's what you love to see. You're so zoned in that you've got no idea, sort of, and you don't care what's going on around you, which is what you'd want to see. Now, I want to talk about the game against the Wizards. So against the Wizards, there was some amazing scoring outputs. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 42 points and Joe Ingles had 34. Bradley Beal had 43 points and Russell Westbrook had a 35-point triple-double. And the Wizards won that game. Uh, one thing to note is that Mike Conley was missing for the Jazz. So I doubt um, the two guards for the Wizards would have scored as much if Conley was there maybe they would have had a little bit less so that could have been a bit tighter the reason I bring this up is uh, what Rudy Gobert said after the game Rudy Gobert said we need to understand that we haven't accomplished it we're getting upset when people laugh at us on tv and disrespect us it's on us to respect ourselves we're not the champions we're not a team that can just cruise and turn it on playoff times we have to stay hungry and I've mentioned previous times when we've spoken about the jazz I'm just waiting for them just to turn that switch and just have that real dog mentality just feel like everyone's hating on them and just go out there and have a chip on their shoulder week in week out of course that can be hard during the regular season when it is sort of the grind of the season as we know but i just hope that they would have that mentality throughout the year and bring that into the playoffs so i, I love the fact that really go best said that and he said it against the game against the wizards after the loss against the wizards because in previous losses the jazz have been like yeah cool a couple of things here and there we could have won the game whatever but this is the first time sort of like you know what we really need to like we have to understand we haven't accomplished anything yet we have to remain at this intense pace to, to keep going. So I just want to highlight that point from um, from a Utah perspective. Yeah, I think that's really important. I'm glad he's come out and said it, but he's got to be about it now as well as saying about it. Another guy who has hit the ground running after the All-Star break, he was playing well before it, but is um, obviously their main man, Donovan Mitchell. Back-to-back 35-point games. But where he's really impressed me is his cuts and he's drawing attention to himself so he's allowing for more open shots so you know that his jazz can hit a lot of threes 
He's also, um, I think Quinn Snyder's probably instilled this, he's getting a lot more plays where he's attacking off the catch. And we all know how explosive he is. Um, have you seen any major changes to Donovan after the break? Obviously, Utah Jazz Lander, LeBron, not picking them for the draft. We spoke about it before, but yeah. Is, have you seen anything or watching him? So since, since he has come back from the break, he's he's gone on the uh, the so what like the so-called uh, the 50-40-90. Instead, he's going 50-45-90. So 50 from the field, 45 from three, 90 from three point um, from the free throw line. And he's also scoring 30 points a game, which is third in the league since the all-star break. I, I actually want to talk a, little, a, a bit about a negative and something that could potentially hinder him hinder him, and will be potentially the key going forward. So we all know during the bubble, he had those uh, amazing, it'll probably go down as probably legendary battles between him, him and Jamal Murray in that Nuggets um, Utah series. In the clutch, Donovan has been a little bit disappointing um, for the Jazz this year. He's shooting 33% from the field, 26% from three, and 77% from the three throw line. So it hasn't been anywhere where you'd want it to be for someone in his position, which is the primary wing scorer on an elite team in the NBA. He he is he is a superstar. Let he is a superstar. Although it may not be traditional superstar, as you may have seen previously, who sort of get to the rim as much as they usually will have a mid-range game as much. A lot of his game now is based on three-point line and shooting. He is still an elite player in the in the league. However, the clutch numbers aren't where you want him to be. And some of his late game execution isn't there. So I think that is something to note for Donovan moving forward. But the thing is that Utah haven't been in too many close games this year. When he has, that's when he has been disappointing. Mm. But that's that's sometimes where you want to get some reps. How do you perform in late game scenarios? Yeah, it's tough because you can't also be like, hey guys, look, we want a close game tonight. So let's just, let's ease up until we get to the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, but good, good, good teams, like you said, they can turn it on and off when they want to. Um, Really interesting point about Donovan. Let's see, well, if he turns up in the clutch when um, when it matters most. A team that was was active at the trade deadline, I think, made a really big move. We haven't spoke about it yet, Matt. Um, is the Denver Nuggets? They went three and one this week. They're twenty eight and eighteen overall. They've got a chance to really make a push now because um, they're not as high as what we thought they would be. Um, what is happening happening in the Rocky Mountains? Yeah, all good in Denver, um, 28 and 18. They're now fifth, and there is some daylight now um, for them and the Blazers between fifth and sixth, and then the Spurs in seventh in the West. So that is very promising. And what is also promising is the fact that they're only one and a half games back on the Lakers, and this is obviously a Lakers that everyone is aware of, no LeBron and no AD. So... What could happen? I'm not going to make a prediction because I'll probably end up jinxing it. That's what I usually do. So I'm just I'm just going to say, like, who knows what's going to happen in the next three weeks, whether we come back and whether the Nuggets are fourth in the West. But let's see what happens. Um, but yeah, um, seven and three in the last ten. Good run of form. This week, three and one. So start off with a nice win against the Magic, in which Aaron Gordon uh, does his little audition. Um Gets 13 <laughs> points, three rebounds, and six assists before can switching I, over to. Oh, Ed Denver. didn't like it. He's no, can, can I say something? No, 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 no some, something to note. So, after the game, oh, no, after the game, after the trade did happen, there was all these reports how after the game, Aaron Gordon said to Michael Paul Jr., oh, uh, I'll, I'll see you soon, sort of thing, like wink, wink, like, hey, I'm coming soon, sort of thing. And he, uh, t- since the trade, AD's been a little bit of a bitch, just saying, but carry on. 
Oh. <laughs> I told you okay. to like it. Continue. He's been, he's been a bitch for it's carry the on going. It's the finger. Like, when Ed holds up the finger. A little bit of that, the... but carry on, sorry. Just have to get off that of my chest. All right, all right. Save it, save it when you're chatting about the magic next time, okay? Um, so yeah, anyways, the Nuggets beat the magic 110.99. I don't know if you remember that, Ed. Um, and they were 22 points up at the half. Jokic gets a triple double standard. Um, 28 points, 50 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, so yeah, that was obviously Aaron Gordon's audition. And then what else is brilliant and what I love about the Nuggets is their loss this week. They even lose against the right teams. They lost against the Raptors, <laughs> which is fantastic for me because it gives the Raptors that lovely bit of confidence. And they don't just lose a narrow game to the Raptors. They get absolutely battered by them, 135 to 111. So really encouraging for the Raptors. And then... There's a bit of a duel between um, the Nuggets and then Zion and the Pelicans, in which the Nuggets prevail 113 to 108. Um, unbelievable scoring. Um, Jokic got 37 points. Michael Porter Jr. got 25, and Jamal Murray got 23. And then Millsap off the bench got 16. So some really high numbers all around. But the main um, play from that game was right at the end, where the Nuggets led by two points. And the Pelicans with about 10 seconds to go, inbounded the ball, couldn't get the shot away and turned the ball over due to a shot clock violation. So that was the interesting one. And then, Second time it's happened. Didn't take the shot. We had it with Alonso earlier in the season. Take the shot. Sort them out. Sort them out, George. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they beat the Hawks 126 to 102, in which is Aaron Gordon's first appearance. He starts... Gets 13 points, finishes plus 17, six for nine from the field, pretty good. Mm. And then Jermichael Green gets 20 points in 14 minutes, solid contribution. And Bol Bol off the bench gets Ooh. eight points and is two for two from three points. He sets his career record for three points made in the game. <laughs> he sets. So congratulations to Bol Bol. He's Let the man play. Let him yes. play. Please. Yeah. With, with Bol Bol. Is there's one thing he could help, and that's the Nuggets bench because they've struggled lately. So I checked out how they're actually doing. They rank 26th for points uh, per game off the bench, 22nd for rebounds, and 21st for assists. Um, now that Millsap has actually moved to the bench, and hopefully we get some bobo minutes, do you expect this to get better? Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Because um, Millsap has been contributing, so that's like he's averaging what nine point just under 10 points a game. So now he's on the bench. That's obviously going to help improve that. They obviously got JaVale McGee in the in the uh, trade trade as well from the Cavs. So they, they've just bolstered their squad nicely. And I don't like the bench yet in terms of like points, etc. But there are some tidy players on there. Like Campazo, he doesn't get the most points, but he'll, he'll contribute and he'll facilitate the floor well. So, yeah, I think it is. I think... Everything's promising in Denver right now. There's obviously a few tweaks that can be made, but there's there's no reason why they can't go deep in the playoffs, and that's why they've gone and bolstered the squad now in this in this uh, with the trade deadline and getting Aaron Gordon to be on the game. Just a quick note: the reason, and I think the reason that Ed thinks that AG is acting like a little beep is because Aaron Gordon is wearing the number fifty, and I think that is because it is the dunk contest. Which is a weak move, man. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Pick any number. It's one of those places. 
He says, oh, I want to be remembered for be doing stuff outside of the dunk contest. But you know what? I'll just give myself number 50. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that, man. I'm not a fan of that. But I will say this, um, Matt. Do you think, quick uh, answer, yes or no, Nuggets are the best league pass team to watch now that they've added Aaron Gordon? I'd say they're one of, yeah. I'd say they're up there. They're excited. They're exci- they're an exciting team, yeah. All right, say no more. George, we're back again. We're talking about your team. That's it. Uh, the Blazers, three of one this week. They're another team that also made moves uh, last week as well. We haven't spoken to you about that. Mm-hmm. You've acquired Norman Powell. Uh, you're 28 and 18 overall. Um, talk to me about your Blazers, boy. Oh, yes. it's It's been good. Three and one, seven and three in the last ten overall. Like, the, this this is the Blazers, man. And Dame time? No. MVP time, my friends. MVP time. That's what I'm saying. Lillard has knocked that down that door and he's comfortably, comfortably in those MVP talks, which is lovely to see um, this year. Um, as you mentioned, we acquired Norman Powell and got rid of um, Trent Jr. and um, Rodney Hood as well. Um, when I first heard about the trade, I I was kind of unsure because um, mainly for me, like I love the trades which make like a, a drastic jump up. So with that, when I saw that, I thought, well, that's a bit kind of just stay kind of level. But seeing his past couple of performances. I, I kind of understand and see why we made that trade. He gives that defensive boost and he's shooting from free. Oh my goodness, he's shooting from free, especially against the, I think it was the Toronto game where he went like something like seven and 13 from three, from deep as well. Points. Oh my, yeah, 22 points ended with, it was so good. No. And did you, did you see that um, inbound save from Anthony as well? where he just whipped yeah. it behind. Oh, very nice. Very oh, nice. it was so good to watch. And I have to give props because, um, like, in previous game, obviously, Lillard was out and we started with um, some of the uh, our bench players instead and give them a chance to run around. And it was great to see that ball movement without um, um, ball dominant, like, player um I mean no offense Lillard. like I love Lillard but it was nice to see that different strategy of more of that team play to show that we do have that chemistry and we can play like that and yeah it's been a good set of wins Miami Orlando Toronto yeah and of course we lost to the Thanos team the the team that should not be named uh the, the Nets but you know I, I have them for now, so hopefully. (laughs) It's a a, a win-win. We head to that game because that is where I get my stat line of the week. Ennis Cantor. He went 19 and 19. So 19 points, 19 rebounds, six assists. But he had 10 offensive rebounds. So the man almost had like another triple-double inside of a double-double. Madness. (laughs) And and I, I was looking at the box score. This guy does this every single night. Do you know how hard it is to get an offensive rebound? Anyway, I blew, blew my mind, blew my mind. Um, with the Blazers, I was doing some research on uh, what, how they've been doing after All-Star break. You know, they've been uh, making a push. 
this is crazy. The Blazers, after the All-Star break, they rank first for offense and last on defense, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So you've got two players you've brought in now, Norman Powell and Nurkic. On the defensive side of the ball, who do you think helps them more? Ooh. Um, well, obviously, Nurkic is coming back and working up um, to get back to where he was. So for now, for me, I'm, I'm going to say Powell, mainly because that, fitness is there and he can add that extra boost while Nurkic is still getting back in especially with those minutes restrictions so I think Powell from that perspective as well was a much needed trade on that defensive end since his defense is something which Blazers have been struggling with continuously over the past few years which is something which we've been trying to look to fix so it's a nice added boost for us on that end so I'm looking to see those improvements in the future as well. Yeah, we, we will see if uh, that talk starts to pipe up and hot up even more mm. uh, with Dame in the upcoming weeks. Let's let's head to a team that we talked about who wasn't a preferred free agency destination. I mean, me personally, I wouldn't want to go there if I was choosing the team to play for. Uh, and I don't think this is going to be really exciting to talk about. I'm really sorry, Timberwolves fans, but it's not good, okay? The Rockets won on a 20-game losing streak. You still haven't won as many games as them. That's bad, okay? One and three this week, 11 and 35 overall. Bray, we do grow you a lot in here, but I actually feel really bad for you because you didn't choose this pick. I mean, I was left I was left with them. I should have tried to avoid them because of my deep-seated hatred for Carl Anthony Towns, although he's had a rough year, so we'll cut him from slack. Uh, yes, so Timberwolves, four and six in the last 10. Somehow, somehow, they are still worse than the Rockets. I don't understand it. You have to actively try, I feel like. It's been insane. I, you know, have talked before about their defensive struggles and the fact they're always going to have defensive struggles. But their offense has also been really, really bad as well. They can't seem to do anything right. They've changed coaches. They chased after uh, John Collins really hard, trade deadline, didn't get him. However, uh, they do have Malik, Malik back from his suspension after the indiscretion that we discussed earlier. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. He was really rough in his first game back, though, um, to be expected. But he's, yeah, he's a good scorer. So you hope their offense can improve. But the main thing that I found out this week about the Timberwolves, and one of the reasons why they're so bad, is because in first quarters, they get outscored on average, on average, by 13.4 points. So it's Ouch. like every single game you're basically playing from behind is so weird. Literally, first quarter, get waxed every time. And it's like, oh, this is over. But but Bray, you're forgetting. So let me just take you through this week. Thunder, they lose uh, 103 to 112. Then they lose against the Mavericks. They lose by, uh, they lose by 20. Uh, then they lose the second game against the Rockets and they lose by 22. But in that Rockets game, they went on a 22 to 0 run to finish the game. So they basically, they would have lost that game as well. Yeah, it's it's abysmal. And the only thing that I like them doing is they are riding Anthony Edwards into the ground. He's gone up in minutes. He's playing 35 minutes a game now. And they're like, 
go out there, make all the mistakes you want because they know, obviously, they're not saving this season. They're not getting back into the playing tournament. So let's at least get him those reps. And, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is a shadow of his former self in the last two seasons due to injury and obviously other circumstances. He, he's just regressed. It's not by, by a lot. He's still like a 20 and 10 guy. He's still, I, I would hope, can be a superstar, the sort, of, the sort of guy who can be a superstar. Everyone kind of looks at him in the same vein as AD, but he has regressed. And you hope that he can get himself right, finish out the rest of this season strong. And then really, this team isn't going anywhere unless he is an MVP candidate. So that's where that's where he needs to get to. Let's speak about Cap. So a couple of milestones for him this week. He passes Kevin Love for second in all time for rebounds for the for the Wolves and Wiggins. He passes him second in scoring uh, for for Timberwolves in franchise history. Uh, not gonna. By the way, also number one on that list. We can all guess who is number one. Uh, there's a massive gap. Let's just say that he's he's got to double it and then some to catch up to to first. But Bray, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Cat. You spoke about him a little bit and where, what you think he is. Where do you, where does he rank for you amongst centers in the NBA? And can uh, you give me a, can you give me a list? Give me a list. Who's who's number one? Um, as you say, we've got. Obviously, I'm going to put Jokic one because Embiid's injured. I might change it around, whatever. Embiid, obviously, is up there. Rudy Gobert is up there as well. Uh, I think you have to talk about uh, Vooch, uh, mm-hmm. who is obviously one of the best offensive centres. I think you have to talk about Nurkic when he's healthy as well. He's got some of those Jokic-like qualities. I would definitely say that when he's healthy, he's he's probably better than 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 Cat. Uh, I think who else? What other centers? I mean, you know, if you call Bam Adebayo a center, he plays a lot of center. I would definitely rather have him uh, over Cat. I'd say he's he's been performing better. Um, so yeah, one of the things about a lot of these centers is they are very big lumbering guys, and I think that's somewhere where Cat could edge them out in a similar way to AD. Like AD will go out and guard perimeter players. Obviously, we didn't mention him in the center conversation because he does like to play that power forward role a lot more. So when we go to the death lineup, you start start to see him as the center. However, you only I think we might see the likes of AD and Cat coming in playing more centers as we move forward because there are fewer elite centers that everyone's playing all the time. Um, if they don't have to bang, then they can easily play the five position and. If I think about who can Cat kind of overtake there, you need to get on the same level as Bam because Bam's only getting better. Uh, and then he, you know, really needs to start increasing in defense and in facilitating as well if he wants to catch anyone because that's something that basically all of the guys we mentioned do better than Cat. So he's got to find what his niche is. Yeah, well, hopefully he can uh, turn it around and, and get there. Let's head to the final team in this division. My second team, I'm actually, well, it's not really linked. I'm, I'm rocking GP, Sonic stuff. Uh, we're talking about the OKC Thunder. Oh, yeah. My favourite team to watch. They have nobody on this roster and they have 19 wins. Absolutely. I don't know what to say, honestly. One and two this week, Wildy. 19 and 26 overall. We can't see you, bro, but I know you're excited. Absolutely, yeah, man. It's... um. 
Nice place to be in if you're an OKC fan, to be honest, because you've kind of got the best of both worlds and that they've overperformed um, to, from expectations. Yet at the same time, they're in the rebuilding process and have a lot of young guys that are you know, exciting to watch um, and you look to see how they'll develop moving forward. So, um, you know, the week itself, they, they won one, lost two. Um, they lost to the Celtics because in the fourth quarter they went on a 27 to 6 point run. So, yeah, if you're giving that that sort of run up to anybody in the fourth quarter, you're probably losing. Um, Grizzlies, John Morant had his way. Uh, yeah, he's John Morant. And, yeah, when you're playing a bunch of young guys, they're going to have their mistakes. And when you have people that are a bit more experienced, yeah, they're going to, they're not going to pull out as many wins. At this point in the season, they've got to 19 wins. Um, they now, they obviously know they're not going to be making playoffs. They never expected to. They were non, under no illusions. Um, but now they're going to be doubling down on the young talent they have. They are, they're culling all of their older guys. So they got rid of George Hill. He's gone to Philadelphia. They got Austin Rivers in the George Hill trade, but they have now waived him. Um, they, yeah, um, and they are now decided to sit Al Horford, which um, you know from everything I've been reading uh, sounded like that was. It seems like it was always going to be the plan. Um, Al Horford, after this year, has two years left on his contract at fifty-three million. The plan is to eventually trade him. Um, something that works for him and a team that works for him in the later stage of his career. But they have not been uh, shy in in stating how valuable he's been to the younger guys. You know, the rap on him is that he is a veteran leader um, and he's been amazing for them. You know, on this team, he's averaged 14, 6 and 3. So those are really good numbers for somebody at his point in his career. But, you know, they are, they are looking... But for the betterment of the team, they've decided that it's going to be better for him to sit. Uh, so one of the more notable players that they have signed, uh, one of the young guys, uh, 21-year-old Moses Brown. Um, he's appeared in 16 games so far uh, for the Thunder. He's had five starts. For them, he's averaged um, eight points, uh, seven rebounds, uh, and over one block a game. And that's averaging like 17 minutes. This week, though, against the Grizzlies, uh, he got 19 and 12. And against the Celtics, uh, he got 21 and 23. So he's putting up big numbers. So my comparison in terms of we love comparing guys always. I, if you picture Rashawn Holmes of the Sacramento Kings, but four inches taller. Um, and at the moment, you know, he's, he's, only, he's only 5kg heavier, but he's 21. He's, gonna, he's still going to be growing. So, yeah. He's, a, he's looking really good. All I'm saying is he's a real fluid kind of player um, and I think he's going to do bits. I'm actually really excited about the signing for them. They've just signed him to multiple, uh, multiple years. I'd like to see how he gets on. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're a, they're a crop of young guys, really exciting dudes. Poku uh, has been getting more minutes. His numbers have been going up as well. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they're doing. Um, and of course, SGA at the helm getting 31 points against Minnesota. It's uh, another day at the office for him uh, in the win. A couple of notes I have on the Thunder. They are the funnest yeah. bench team to watch. Love SGA, yeah. always on the bench getting hyped. That's really cool. You spoke about Al Horford, but I just want to take you through this because I'm not excited about Moses Brown. And I'll tell you why. 
because I'm the fool that drafted Al Horford for my fantasy team. So I, you know, I lose to Ed, you know, and then I get the notification because it comes up on the phone and it's, uh, you know, Al Horford chooses to sit for the season. What do you mean, Al? So you, hang on. So you get max contract for Philly and now you pull this. Okay, that's two strikes, Al. Don't make it a third. Okay, I'm not, I'm not happy with you, Al. But also, he's living the life, man. Max contract doesn't get to play basketball. He just has to practice. Yeah, he's on some pit bull vibe, you know, <laughs> somehow getting these unreal numbers. Um, yeah, but yeah, great notes about the Thunder. Guys, let's, let's just head to the leaderboard. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, <laughs> right, let's go, from, let's go from bottom to top. No, we, we always do that. Let's go from top to bottom. That's what I meant. Okay, at the top, still, he's clinging on, but I think the gap has increased a little bit. How's Lasky? 156 to 116, 57%. Your best team is the Jazz, take note. And your worst team is the Magic. House of 03, George, second place. Uh, still coming in strong, 151 to 122. You're at 55%. You're Best team is the Brooklyn Nets, the Thanos. Damn, Thanos. Sorry. I'm just really sorry about the Nets. Um, and your worst team is the Bulls. Yep. Hopefully yep. They, they turn that around. Third place, we've got Perantic Express. Mm -hmm. 140, 231. So you're comfortably over 500 now, Wally. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, your, your best team is the Sixers by one win. And your worst team is Detroit. So we've still got the Philly Cheesesteak. Lagshir Lambeer slotting in at number four, 122 to 139. Sort of dropped off uh, this week. You're at 46%. Your worst team is the Washington Wizards, how the Cubs and Raptors are very close. And your best team is the Denver Nuggets, who I expect to grow on, to go on. And then last place, bro. You know, you said to it, you said to it, to us you're you're in the 400 club that's not a good thing 100 101 to 162 your best team is oh my god the boston celtics and they're only at 500 and your worst team is the Timberwolves, dude this is bad yeah god be, being being below 400 is is absolutely painful the only reason i'm currently over 400 is because the Kings are like sneaky approaching 500. Don't worry, Brian. I'll send King's you a playoffs t shirt hey. when they make the playoffs. I mean, they should now, but like. <laughs> We're going to see how, if you can uh, if you can survive that, bro, because I'm coming for that fifth spot. The tank in his own, baby. I want that fifth spot. Yeah. Uh, that wraps up South, Southeast and Northwest uh, divisions. Thank you to my GMs. Uh, yeah, for all your points, uh, we we continue to plug away as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, so from myself, Sigman, and all the other GMs, it's it's over now. Ciao. What is up, people? We are here. We're back. Uh, with our with our most popular segment and the only segment we do, uh, man, good times after step up to your line. But we always go with the home run. That is shoot your shot. The first matchup: House Lasku versus 
one bar wildy well it's no bars wildy because the man is blackout right now maybe he's in the zone who knows um salt bray you are you are headlining this uh category let's get it let's get it going yeah i'm i'm up this week with a question we're keeping it topical uh, with the trade deadline last week, I want to know, in your opinion, which team won the trade deadline? Uh, Wildy's going to go first. Uh, okay. Get my timer. Have you guys talked about this before? Don't need to. Nope. I don't mm. need to. Either. Well, I definitely don't need to now, but I had to. Jordan, take notes. All right. Wildy, <laughs> in three, two, one. Right, so I'm not even catering to my audience here, but in my opinion, the winner is Miami because they have got the most back for giving up the least amount. They were able to keep their key guys and were able to get Victor Oladipo, a player who we've kind of really covered this previously in this podcast, but somebody who's wanted to be there for the past four years. There's a lot to be said for a player wanting to play in a particular city when players are getting more and more freedom about choosing where they go despite having years left on their contract. So they have that core. We've talked about how they've had a bit of a, bit of a rough time up and down with their with their record wins and losses, but they are still in the playoff picture at the eighth seed. They've now added this piece, which has allowed their younger guys to resume back to the bench where they thrived the most in last year's playoff run. So I think they're going to be looking... Oh, my, my done? No, 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 no. Oh, I thought you put your hand up. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so they uh, now have a... So, yeah, I know, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's going to, uh, personally, that's winning. That's kind of all I have to say on it. Um, I think that those are the those are the key points. And, um, you know, as long as they get into the playoffs, now they have these pieces, uh, they're going to be looking the strongest. But, yeah, as I said, they got the most back uh, for what they... All right, we're, we're, uh, we're high time there. I shoved you a bit, so I let you go on. But... It's kind of Westy, bro. Yeah, I, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I was waiting for him to do it. It's all good. It's all good. He was, oh, yeah, it's still right. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I tried to do the like, you got 10 seconds left with the hand thing, we didn't really communicate it. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, um, Ed, you're up next uh, in three, two, one. So, the team that won the trade deadline is the Chicago Bulls. The reason I say that it's not just because they got the best player during the deadline, Nikola Vucevic, is that it also sends a message to the organization, uh, to the team and the player saying, we want to win now. It's now a different mentality shift for the Chicago Bulls players. They, Everyone goes in season, we want to win, we want to be competitive. The organization are saying to the Bulls players, we want to win now, we're showing our faith that we believe what we have right now in building can get wins. And by playing that Vucevic, they didn't just get better on the court, but they also better by having extra pieces they got better by having a better mentality around the team and thinking we are in a win now position Zach Levine's going to get better the other young players are going to get better the reason Orlando wants to keep Vooch is because of his veteran presence and what he can provide to the younger players providing this to the Bulls as well will be a great thing still got, still got 10 seconds no that's fine I, I got All the right. main music on that was uh <laughs> Very, very compelling arguments there. Um, and you're both trying to go for home with picks. So, yeah, this should this should be a good one. I like where you're coming from, Wadi. Obviously, the Heat did bits and they picked yeah. up a lot of really good players. I think that probably missed someone who's actually been playing a lot for the Heat recently. 
didn't go out the trade deadline, but Trevor Ariza, who has been closing games, unfortunately was the one who uh, who fouled Damian Lillard on that three when they lost. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, get those reps in now, not in the playoffs. And Absolutely. then Ed, again, obviously, Vooch is insane player. Uh, but I think the Bulls did kind of, they won, but they didn't win as well as they could because, as I mentioned before, I wanted them to get Alonso, get Gart as well. Um, despite that, I think that the Bulls won the trade deadline. My additional reason um, will be that the the little tie steal they did on the side was really, really good for, for defence as well. Um, but Ed, Ed's taken this one. It's a really nice pickup, that ties piece coming off the bench, man. That's, that's really strong. There we have it. The battle of the homers. And it hasn't gone the way that we thought. Let's head to the second matchup. We don't believe you, Bray. We don't believe you. <laughs> we don't believe you. Nobody's buying it. Poor Brian. Right, let's head to the second matchup. It is the sixth man, me, versus House of O3, headed by our very own Lancashire Lambeer, always keeping the door closed since 97. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. All right. <laughs> Cool. So let's also keep it topical, just like Bray and with the trade deadline. But I'm going to flip it and I'm going to say who were the biggest losers from the trade deadline. So we'll go with George first. One minute on the clock. Three, two, one. Off you go. Now there's a right answer to this question, and that is the Houston Rockets. During these trades, they essentially got... Anthony Benetted, essentially. They got hoodwinks, hijinks. They, they're gone. They lost everything. So they they had Oladipo, but then they decided to get rid of him. And let's go way back to that original trade where they were getting rid of Harden and they had the chance to have Karis Levert. And now Karis Levert is out off performing um, with the paces and doing mad numbers. But... Oladipo didn't perform quite how they wanted, and now they got rid of him. And what did they get in return? Uh, they got Avery Bradley and a couple of pick swaps. And let's face it, to get anything from that pick swaps, they need to get ahead of the heat. And do you think that's going to happen? Do you really? <laughs> Tidy finish there. And on time. Very precise. Um, Alex, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Off you go. Guys, I'm going for the jugular here. For my choice, I'm not picking an NBA team. I'm picking the person who holds the top spot in the sixth man at the moment, that's House Lasky. So let's break down what team Zed has and why I think he's taken an L. He's got the magic. They've blown up their team. They're actively tanking by trading away Fournier, Gordon and Vucevic. That's a lot of L's. Knicks didn't get Lonzo. We're on the market for Drummond. Didn't make a move. And the Bulls, Celtics and Heat all got better. They have one of the toughest schedules remaining. The Clippers, they trade for Rondo. If that's playoff Rondo, that's great. However, this is a regular season with a weaker locker room to the Lakers. We all saw what happened in Dallas. Jazz, most of the other contenders have got better. Nuggets, Lakers, Nets and Sixers. The Jazz did nothing. Plus Jordan and Wildy are right on his tail. So I think his reign at the top might be over. You got 10 seconds to spare? Don't need it. Doesn't need it. Wow. What a twist. Um, I think two great arguments. George, love the Rockets shout. Um, 
with obviously Oladipo and then all the way back to the Harden trade, they've just had an absolute mare um, going on there. They've just basically just traded James Harden for absolutely nothing, um, which is quite impressive. Fair play to them. And then, uh, what a twist, um, Alex, I think, to be honest with you, like, Ed's had an absolute disaster from this trade deadline. And the question was, which team lost the deadline moat lost most from the deadline and I guess Ed does have all these teams within his GM so I'm going to have to go with um, Alex on this one yeah, that's Oh the risk paid off that's what we like to see I feel like Loki when he went up against the Hulk <laughs> <laughs> That's why you, when you asked you were like who have you got and I was like don't worry <laughs> um, Yeah um, Observation <laughs> Yo, Ed, Ed looks like Thanos when he's completed everything. He's just sitting on that hill. It's like, oh, <laughs> um, I use the stones to destroy the stones. <laughs> <laughs> Ed did get a win uh, in his matchup, and I, I took the win. So, yeah, again, great discussions. We move to, well, Haslasku. I know this is um, this is your segment. You might you might be angry at me. Um, so I'm I'm uh, I'm slated to hand over the reins. Fine. When you're at top, you know you you got all these haters all over. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've got the two biggest haters right here to to on the camera to my left. They're both right there. The two big haters are right there and there. So it's fine. So, they know your audience. Yeah. As soon as Ed, it was over. That was yeah. it. <laughs> you saw Matt, and he's like, oh, sorted. No, I'm doing. Cool. It's in the bag. It's in the bag. Uh, so. I love a little quiz. So I've got another one for you guys. Uh, instead of doing the everyone has to come back, go out and come back in, we'll just do a round robin. And I'll give you an easy category for fuck's sake, people. And let's try and get at least three answers each. Um, so we'll do it again in order in a circle. So I'll go from Alex or skip me. So Bray, actually, let's do it in a circle, full circle. So Alex, skip me, Bray, Wildy, Jordan, Matt. Uh, so in a clockwise, well, on my camera looks clockwise. I'm not sure how the output will look. So, category is easy. Um, no one look at the fucking sheet that we have because I've got all the answers there. So don't be a dickhead. Oh, okay. um, we sheets. all need to mute now. Uh, no, that's, no, no. So everyone's going to be on call. So that's sheet, that sheet 12 yes. for anybody who, sheet 12. who thinks, oh, I wonder what sheet 12 is. <laughs> don't look at <laughs> sheet 12. <laughs> right. Uh, well, the <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what sheet 12 is. I just, just, yeah. um, so <laughs> I'll take... Sheets? I will do roughly 30 seconds between picks from each person. Um, so again, start off with Alex, then we'll go around the circle. Alex, you'll say the first answer. The category is people, players. Let's say I'll stick to players. Players in the Naismith Hall of Fame. Place, players in the Basketball Hall of Fame. There's so many you can say. A lot of yeah. legends are out there. Even if you're not 100% sure, just throw a name out there. They could potentially be, be there. So. <laughs> but he's gonna make it. He'll make it one day. Yeah, he's gonna be somebody. <laughs> um, all right, you ready? Spoiler alert: there are no Andrews. Okay, that's, that's one big clue. I'm gonna are you telling me checked. Bynum didn't make it? There are no Andrews. I can't, can't think of any more Andrews to throw in there, so I'll, I'll um, leave that at Bynum. All right, Naismith Hall of Fame, uh, Michael Jordan. 
Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to fucking check that. But yeah, Michael Jordan is definitely. On <laughs> He's not in it. We're going to go with Larry Bird. Yeah. Actually, let, let me just quickly just annotate. Oh, no, there's 200 of them. By the way, there's 200 of them, so I'm not even going to bother annotating them. But yeah, go. Waldy? 1992 Dream Team. Can we just stick to players? Can we stop doing this? Right. He's trying to get extra points, extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I apologise. I'm an Irishman. Yeah. Classic, he got one of the best Hall of Fame speeches. Yeah. Uh, Shaquilius O'Neilius. <laughs> yeah. Matt. Matt Johnson. Yeah. Uh, I'm not checking these names. I'm just assuming. But yeah, go ahead, Alex. Oh, are we back to the start? Yeah. Yeah. Bill, Bill Russell. Yeah. Chuck. Did you say duck? Chuck. Oh, Chuck. I thought you said duck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob Cousy. Yeah, he definitely is there, but you know, when it gets to the old guys. Yes, 1971. Me? Yeah, George. Clyde the Glide. Matt. Hakeem. Yeah. Al. Dominique. Dominique. Nick. Yeah. Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Dr. J. Yeah. Uh, Peyton. I thought you meant Alfred. I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> uh, no, Gary Payton should definitely be on there. Yeah, Gary Payton. 2013. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Yes. Leading point scorer. Pistol Pete Maver- Maravich. Butchered the name, but yep. Yeah. <laughs> what was still? Yeah. Lou Hudson. Oh, I was hoping you'd say Lou Will. Uh, you niche ones already. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't explain it. I just. Yeah, I was thinking Hudson. it goes deep. Oh no! Oh fair. No, no. that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. That's we all go right. from there. We go there. <laughs> First casualty, George, you're up next. Uh, Tracy McGrady. Yes, T Mac. Kobe Bryant. Yes. I was hoping to have this later, but um, what, uh, <laughs> name of our friend, Sam Jones. <laughs> Let me double check. Kevin McHale. George. Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yep, 2011. Oh, yeah, I remember his speech, of course. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, of course. We'll follow that up with Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Oh. Which one? No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, John Stockton. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. You have to say the other guy. I just said yeah. Stockton. My brain is gone. Um, 
why white chocolate what's his name uh i don't know oh, he's done i'm done i'm done he's I'm done out. bro I'm, I'm out you set you set the plate up for him Lords out mr harris carl malone there we go oh, <laughs> oh you missed that george I don't know, man. <laughs> Mr. Ward. Uh, Sean Kemp. Is he? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I bet he is. That's a that's a rogue shout, Sean Kemp. It's on the theme of 90s, so I thought I'd go with it. Oh, for fuck's sake. I keep on scrolling too far down the list. So I wrote it down as soon as you said GP, but I was like, like, like I'm not, I wasn't sure enough to go for it. I don't think he is there. Oh, it depends on how, also the way he spelled his name, Sean. Uh, S-H-A-W-N-P. And he's there. He's Just shaking the head. He is not on the list. Wow. Damn. Six-time All-Star, three-time Olympia, second team. Hmm. It's the, it's the battle of the battle of the mats. Uh, is it me? Yes. Moses Malone. Yeah. Fall, fall, fall. Harris. Steve Nash. Yes. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Recent. I was literally just about to say that. Um, Tim Duncan. Is he legible? I don't think he... He's in yet. I don't think he's in yet. I don't think he met the... I don't think he is, unless it was during the pandemic. <laughs> it had to be in literally the last year or something. Because yeah. he is, I think. Evan Garnett was in the 2020 Hall of Fame alongside KG and Kobe Bryant. Oh, of course. They all went in. Yeah, I can't say why I know what I'm about to say. Because it will give away answers. But anyway. Wait, hang on. Did he make it then? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're still alive. Okay. Yeah. Still alive. Yeah. Yeah, because we've had KG as an answer and um, Kobe Bryant. I'm going to go with Oscar Robertson. I just said Tim Duncan, though. Yeah, no, Tim Duncan was... so. Oh, Tim reason... Duncan was in it with them yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, so, sorry, uh, Bray, what did you say, sorry? Oscar Robertson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watching real ball is like the big owl. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about buckets. <laughs> The big old. <laughs> um, you can be good if you take the game serious. I'm going to throw a wild one in and say Phil Jackson. I did say players. One. I did say players. Um, I know he did, did win two chips. I, I, yeah. He did win two chips with the Knicks, but he wasn't that sort of player. I think he's in as a coach. Yeah, mm, I'll, allow, I'll allow it. I want to go. <laughs> uh, Bray just wants to flex after last week, but okay, cool. if Bray <laughs> wants to allow it, cool, go ahead, Bray. Bray, Bray, if you get this one wrong, if you get this one wrong, you know down to zero. Game over. <laughs> my, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my next one's a flex. Cheryl Miller. I'm not gonna fucking go. Oh, for fuck's sake, well, Cheryl the C or a S. I think it's a C. I'm like C C H E R Y L. I can't believe you just didn't do the other one. Reggie. Yeah. Reggie. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry. Next. Come on, Matt. Step up to the plate, boy. Wow. I theory should be out here. Let's just let Bray just do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, we've been, we've been going I'm on. just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me. So Mr. Bray takes this version of back-to-back. He revenges his poor performance after last week when he had a Chris Webber moment. He forgot he didn't have any timeouts left over. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I thought we had a timeout left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, right. Actually killed me. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen Kenny Smith, I know you hate Med, but him taking the piss out of Chris Webber with his timeout when he's going to the big board. You match the Very good. Yeah. Match the knees. Match the knees. Uh, yeah. So that wraps up our extra segments for this week. We'll be back with the same stuff next week. As Ed said, please feel free to bring in suggestions. Um, let's, hope, let's hope for um, another good week of basketball. So, yeah, from Sick Man myself and all the other GMs, it is over and out. Peace. Ciao. Yeah.